welcome to Just an Ordinary Girl. I'm your host. My husband calls me babe, my kiddos call me mama, but you can call me Stevie. I'm Just an Ordinary Girl, helping listeners find the extraordinary life through the extraordinary God. Jesus often taught his disciples through parables, stories of ordinary life that mirrors a spiritual lesson that he wanted to teach them. I feel he speaks to us today in the same way. So stay tuned to see how this ordinary girl plans to live the extraordinary life. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And hey, tell your ordinary friends as well. Welcome back to the podcast this week. I'm doing something a little different. I am recording directly on my phone because it has been a crazy week. It has been a crazy month. And so usually I will go to our church and I'll be able to do something um, more professional. That's not going to happen this week. If I want to get it done and get a podcast up for you on our regular date, I'm going to have to just hide away in my bedroom for a minute and talk directly to my phone. So I hope you enjoy and I hope it's okay because I can't do much. Like I said, it's been really, really crazy around here. I would say for the last couple of months, it has been really crazy around here. Many of the things that I have mentioned so nonchalantly on this podcast in the past have actually come and gone all within the last four weeks or so. So I began the podcast back in January with a search for the perfect shoes to wear for an outfit that I had painstakingly picked out for an interview that was happening for my approval of becoming an ordained pastor. God spoke to me about the search, reminding me that he had called me to be me. He began reminding me regularly that I didn't have to try to be anyone else or achieve what anyone else had achieved as long as I did what God had called me to do and do it for his glory. This podcast is all part of that, and I'm so thankful that you guys all listen. The very next week from that podcast, I got some really not great snooze at the dentist office. Let me tell you something about me. I hate the dentist's office. When I was in ninth grade, and this is going to get graphic for a moment, but when I was in ninth grade, before school started one morning, we were playing volleyball. And in a mad dash to get the ball, a kid in my class elbowed me. And he evidently elbowed me really hard in the mouth. And it knocked my front teeth back so far that they were even with my molars. They left a gaping hole in the front, but the teeth were still attached. It's really gross. I get really sick even thinking about it, but I was rushed to an emergency dentist where the poor kid, and yes, I'm calling him a kid because he had literally just graduated. He was having his first week as a true bona fide dentist, all on his own in his own practice. He was so nervous that he decided to come to the office early and he got a phone call from this frantic school nurse about me. So yes, I'm calling him a kid because now looking back, I realize how young he really was. So we arrived at this dentist where he shot me full of Novocaine. He actually gave me one shot that was in the roof of my mouth and it was in front of my teeth. I'm sorry if you can visualize that trauma because it was horrible. So then he pulled the teeth back to where they should go He cemented all the teeth together so they were one solid tooth. I always thought, well, here's my chance to look like a Barbie doll, right? 
they all were cemented together so that it would keep them all together so that they could the roots could kind of grow back where they needed to be. And then after all of that, after a while, and they settled back in place, I got root canals in these teeth since the nerds, nerves had been severed at the accident. Now, fast forward 25 plus years, the root canals had gone bad and they had caused a pretty bad abscess. The diagnosis that I had gotten was that those teeth would probably need to be removed, that they could not be saved. And on that day that I had to give that podcast, I was devastated. They were my front teeth. I'm just a hair over 40. I shouldn't be toothless. I can't even imagine what I would look like. <laughs> I honestly was very upset. The alternative would be to spend $3,000 and get implanted teeth. Um, to get dentures was another option. Or I could try to find a a second opinion, possibly spend $3,000 to $5,000 on retreating the root canal and then possibly having to have a gum cleaning due to the severity of the abscess. I don't know. That was a lot of money for me. It's a lot to digest. I was struggling. I was struggling with my self-worth. I'm not pretty enough <laughs> to lose my front teeth. Am I even worth trying to fix it all? Who cares, right? I started struggling with thinking that I was just going to be a burden on my family, that this amount of money was a lot of money. So I started to the point that I was feeling that I didn't even want to be toothless on the top of being so completely nauseous over my hatred of dental work. And that turmoil began on March 2nd. I did a podcast about how God was working through me just like I was working through gaining strength on the elliptical. And boy, was that ever true in my life in the coming weeks. Just when I felt the weight of it all, I began digging in my closet for the perfect outfit for the ordination service because I had had my interview. And even though it went really, really well, like it went really well, seriously, it was like sitting and chatting with friends. I walked away refreshed from that and I felt renewed. And so when I started obsessing over the next big outfit, I started to get distraught again. Why am I doing this again? This is just ridiculous. <laughs> I ended up digging around in my closet and I found the exact same outfit that I had worn six years prior to my husband's ordination service. And that was the time that God spoke to me about a power that's within us that we have when we love Jesus and follow Jesus, and sometimes we forget it's even there. We forget that God equips us and fills us and works through us, which was exactly what I needed to hear at the time. So between regular everyday life that can get hectic all on its own, I do I have to remind you that I have two high schoolers playing varsity sports. <laughs> I have two elementary age kids that still need me at home. I am trying to keep my fear of what I'm doing and what I'm going to do with my teeth how I'm going to pay for that, and the horrible dental procedures that are going to occur. I'm frightened, and I'm fighting an internal battle with why I'm even going after my ordination all at the same time. This is such a weird struggle. It's kind of silly. One day, I'm so confident. I know what God's telling me to do. I'm excited about becoming an ordained pastor, and the next day, I feel like it's silly business. The next time, or the next day someone tells me that I'm walking in the wrong path, 
that God doesn't call women to be pastors. And then suddenly I'm in fighting mode again, knowing God has a mighty plan for men and women alike who follow him. And I'm 100% sure of my own calling. Kind of makes me giggle at the thought that Satan may be trying to use people, judgy people, to get me down. In reality, it gets me in this fighting mode where I stand up and stand strong and feel more resolved in the decision than ever before. And then, if you follow the podcast in order, I spoke about how I was redoing my kitchen. And in the process, God spoke to me about those who want to look at every little mistake or crack in the veneer, or they just want to carry around a magnifying glass so they can judge every move you make. He reminded me that I do make mistakes. Actually, I made a lot of mistakes in my kitchen repair, but that perfection doesn't always have to happen. Yet, he can still set things right. Seriously, go to the podcast notes and look at my gorgeous homemade shelves. When things did not seem right, they were actually perfect. You see, I'm not perfect, but God has called me. He has chosen me to do work for him. My particular work does involve having a specific title. Not everyone needs that, and I'm sure I'm not sure what God is going to do with mine in the future, what he's going to do through having this title. I just know that he wanted me to have it, so I pursued it, and I am so happy today to say that this past Friday, April 23rd, I was officially recognized as an ordained pastor and a female one at that. Sorry, maybe that's just stirring the pot here. Now, I say all that because this journey has not been the easiest. It's had a lot of mental things that I've had to conquer to get myself here. I felt this calling on my life probably in 10th grade. Now, I'm far removed from 10th grade. And I allowed substitutes to come in the way of what I felt that God was calling me to do. I allowed naysayers, or my own brain, to tell me it wasn't needed. That I, I was in ministry with or without the title. I didn't need to be Pastor Stevie. I was perfectly fine where I was. I would often mention this calling back that I had had back in 10th grade. I would mention this to my husband. And I kind of expected him to be really super enthusiastic about it. And to super enthusiastically say, babe, go for it. You'll be perfect. You'll be great. You'll be awesome. Yeah, he never did. He actually, he isn't an over boisterous, enthusiastic type. He always said, if you think this is where God's calling you to do and what you should do, you should do it. But he didn't give me the push that my brain told me he should. I've allowed these doubts to put meaning on his lack of enthusiasm which was not his fault. And of course, unless he listens to this, he's most likely doesn't even have a clue that I ever thought that. And I don't blame him for the many years of me not pursuing my ordination. I blame my insecurities. I blame my listening for something outside of God. Then once I took the step and decided to pursue credentials, actual real tangible evidence of the call through our church's denomination, the Assemblies of God, I ran into one person after the other telling me that women could not be pastors, that the Bible forbade it, but when I searched and read and studied and pursued, it was in fact not a command from God in the Bible. I had to actually search harder for why people thought that it was than the actual words and meanings that were there. Again, it's not their fault that I waited so long. It was my fear my insecurities, and my hesitancies. I just had to remind myself so often 
that God saw something in me, as he does with each one of us. And just like I'm confident that he has a work for each one of you that's listening, I had to allow myself to listen to myself. It's so easy to, for me to believe and proclaim God's love for you, his longings to see you succeed. It is such a blessing for me to encourage men and women in their walks with God with words of, of the Bible. I believe them to be 100% true, but somehow I don't apply the same words to myself. There were a few obstacles arising in the days prior to going to this ordination service. There were riots in the streets. If you listened to last week, I talked about living in Minnesota and the threats of riots on all the other streets that <laughs> there weren't already riots going on. And if I looked at a map, the area that we were going to be was considered riot-free, but there weren't very many streets leading up to it that were going to be safe. So I wasn't sure how things would pan out. My high schoolers had sport, sporting events going on, and they were so close to the service that I wasn't sure how we would get through the service and get them two hours to where they needed to be. I just felt like I was being a burden. My parents were driving in. I was worried about riots for them if that was going to mess up how they came in. And I just kept having this weight on my shoulders as if I was being a burden to everyone involved. I was overwhelmed with the thought of, here we go, I'm pretty much done with the process and I'm still having doubts. I don't doubt the work God called me to do. I just feel like it was a big to-do and that I don't deserve the big to-do. No one cares. It was just an annoyance. Now, I prayed and allowed the Holy Spirit to work through the service. I truly, truly felt God's anointing fall upon me, and I felt so good about being ordained. I felt so free knowing that I had obeyed. I feel excited now to see what God's going to do. I am finally getting to my ordinary to extraordinary moment, so just bear with me. I mean, do you guys ever feel like you're just listening to some woman just ramble on and on and on about nothing, and then suddenly... It gets pulled together, uh, even if it is pulled together by the thinnest of strings. Well, here it is. I reminded you about the dental issues earlier. I was going to get back to it. I promise. I often wonder when I'm going to return, but I do end up returning. Anyway, ordination. I'm going to get to it. Just a second. Ordination through our organization costs money. I hope that doesn't sound weird to all of you, but all major organizations have dues to be part of it. Um, if I wanted to get ordained from the internet, it would cost me some sort of money. But in the Assemblies of God, we pay dues to the organization. It's kind of nice. They have my back while I have theirs. It's a two-way street. It's actually a very an amazing um, organization to be a part of. They take their ordained pastors very seriously. They take their licensing pastors very seriously. They make sure that we're cared for and the leadership is great. But truth be told, I was really concerned about paying a monthly due on top of everything else. And so I was right back to feeling like a burden. When the dental bills were coming in, I was feeling like a burden. Since January, I have seen two specialists. I have found out as much as I possibly could. And with less than $3,000, I was able to fix the front teeth without having them pulled. I am not toothless. But in the process, we did find some other issues that had gone undealt with over many years. And 
you know, I have that dental phobia. <laughs> so because our government chose to sp send money to Americans, I was able to set aside that money and get my teeth fixed. So today I was supposed to go in and I was supposed to have four teeth work done. Two were either going to be, one was supposed to be pulled and one was probably going to be a root canal, which was going to cost us a little bit more extra money. Instead though, they went in and they were able to fix all four of them with just fillings, which is paid by insurance. I was so scared. I was shaking. I had headphones in that was blaring worship music, which was also my Spotify worship list that I made back in the January 26th episode. When the dentist tapped on my shoulder and said that he was able to save them and fill them instead. It was in that moment that God washed over me and reminded me that he hears my cries. He understands my heart, my fears, my anxiety, and he takes care of me. Little old, scared, insecure me. He provides, he comforts, he blesses, even in the little things. Immediately, as I felt his presence rush over me, I stopped shaking. Now, I'm sure part of that was because no tooth was going to be pulled. But I was also was reminded of the trusted friends who had prayed for me when I sent them texts that says, hey, I have to go to the dentist. And that's all it took for them to know exactly how hard they needed to pray. I was reminded of my mom who sent me her bonus checks from her new job to help pay for dental bills. She saw that I was worth it. And on a funny note, I just have to say it because it's so hilarious. All along, we had planned on getting implanted teeth. So we were going to thinking that the teeth were going to be pulled and we were going to do implants. So it was funny that my mom would send me this money and say they were for my implants. I'm sorry if that's off-putting to you listeners. <laughs> we found it very, very funny. Teeth implants, of course. I mean, what other implants are there, right? But <laughs> now I get to keep all of my teeth. And although the first procedure did cost out of pocket, it had been taken care of. The money was there in my heart, in my mind, all this ties together, all this fear, all the anxiety, it flows together. The dental phobia is just a physical reminder of what my emotions do when I am unsure of the future. When I know something has to be done, I knew God called me to pursue a pastoral ordination. Yet my anxiety, my anxiety as to why or what ran rampant. I knew I needed these teeth fixed. I'm not sure if you know that an abscess can become deadly if it's untreated. Mine had been untreated for what we believe to be about 14 years. Do you understand that I lived with fear of a dentist for 14 years before I chose to finally get it fixed? How long did I have to live with fear of following God's calling? too long. This podcast is a result of me stepping out of my comfort zone. It's a push for me to open my eyes and see what God's doing through the ordinary things that happen in my life. Even if no one else is listening, I believe God's speaking. Just as I don't know the future, I like the idea that people can come back and listen to the past 13 or so episodes and feel touched by God in some way, even years from now. I'm blessed by the possibility of what God can do with me in my community now that I've seen, I'm seen with some credentials by my name. I'm so excited about the blessings that will come now that I've got to let go of my fear and followed God's calling and have chosen to be obedient to him. I share this very 
scattered podcast with you today because I think that you may be facing something similar. Maybe not a call to get ordained or maybe you don't have dental phobias, tons of dental work coming up. Now, if that is your situation, you have to call me because that would be a really great testimony. But I do think many of you are holding back because of fear or anxiety. You're too scared of what you see on paper that you can't see what God's capable of doing. I believe that there are a few listening right now that have a dream in their hearts that God put there, but they're too scared to take the leap of faith. If I jumble together all the, le- all the lessons over the, next, the last few months worth of podcasts, I can see a trend that God was following. God chose you. He knows your skill set, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, and your strengths. You don't need to be anywhere else or anyone else. The way he made you is the way he wants to use you. That was January 19th. You can do this because God is working with you. He has brought you through other things. He can bring you through this. Just like you've seen him do in the past, he can still do. You just need to draw on the faithfulness you've seen in him. Draw on your trust and faith in the fact that he can carry you through this as well. That was January 26th message. When you become saved... When you accepted Jesus in your heart, you became the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. This spirit has power. Listener, I'm telling you what you feel you can't do. He has the power to do and to do it better than you can ever imagine. I feel this message is not just for me, although it's very much true for me. God wants to do something in you. You are so fearful that you can't pull, you, you can't imagine that you could pull it off but you have the power right there within you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. That was the lesson in March 2nd's podcast. I believe that there are listeners listening right now, no matter when you're listening, that you've been told that you aren't worth it, that you don't matter to others. To be completely honest, I've been told only by one person that I wasn't worth it, that he'd wished that I'd never been born. Only once. It's not a reoccurring thing. I married a man that is uplifting, encouraging, and loves me deeper than I have ever seen. My mother never put me down. She never told me I couldn't accomplish things. I know she supports me and is proud of me, and yet Satan used just one person's tiniest comments to make me feel unloved, unvalued, unworthy for so many years. And I listened for longer than I needed to. I let those words creep in, assumed others felt the same as just One person in my life. And sadly, I think some of you have heard horrible words more often. Maybe by more than one person. And it's been ingrained in your heart, in your head, from a bad situation to a bad situation. And you're near giving up. But you know what? Those people are in the wrong. They walk around with magnifying glasses in their hands and it doesn't matter what you do. They'll add judgment either way. God is your only judge and he will also judge the ones who put you down. It's time you begin listening to what God says about you, that you are loved, valued, worth dying for. God has bigger, better things for you than you for, for you to shrink back because you're worried about what those that tote around those magnifying glasses think. Now that was April 13th's podcast. Over the weeks, God is sharing almost the same message It's time to stop being afraid and start stepping out. I'm reminding of the amazing things that God can do with the heart that is abandoned to 
all others to fall head over heels in love with him. I have lived for 14 years of fear of heading to the dentist when it was all in God's hands. I've managed now and I'm at the, at the end of it on my way to healthier oral care. And I'm slightly have a less phobia of dentist office. Just imagine the freedom that I could have had when I had dealt with this 14 years ago. I have been content in my current ministry for 25 plus years. God has allowed me to see such amazing things and meet amazing people. I truly don't have a complaint, but I know I missed out because I was so uncertain of what once was so certain that I was something that I was so certain about way back then. God called me to be a pastor. I just chose to tweak it to fit what I thought I was valued as. God wanted more. I see that now. I pray that someone sees that now. And instead of waiting another 14 years, throws away the fear and chooses to follow the call now. I pray that someone understands my jumbled mess of a podcast here and walks away feeling anxiety just lift off of them. Anxiety that they felt for 25 plus years now. And that someday I'll see that God did an amazing work in your life because you chose to throw off all that hinders, all the fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, and instead began running towards the goal God has for you, the work he has set out for you and set you apart for. I know you can do it because I know Jesus can use you. Now I want to leave you with this scripture. It's one that I'm sure that you've heard a million times, but this time I'm praying it penetrates your heart as if it's for the first time that you've realized the truths behind it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Your future is bright with Jesus. Let's follow him together. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. You are very, very appreciated and highly valued. Until next time, I'm your host, Ordinary Girl Stevie.